This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, as we all know, we have a big problem in this country. Our commander-in-chief is 80 years old, almost 81. He has uh, dementia. He has problems falling, stumbling, bumbling, gaffes on a daily basis. But we have a solution. This should uh, reassure the nation as we head into the uh, 2024 election. The, the solution is sneakers. Yep, sneakers. That's what the uh, Trump team, the Trump team, the Biden team has uh, proposed as a solution to their problem. They're going to get some, the, the uh, president is no longer going to wear dress shoes. He's going to wear tennis shoes and he's going to get physical therapy to help him to walk and to stay upright. This is from uh, the New York Post this morning. I think the original story was in Axios. They say a stumble prone President Biden is taking urgent steps to prevent further embarrassing falls ahead of next year's election, including working with a physical therapist to improve his balance, wearing tennis shoes and using shorter stairs on Air Force One. Biden's team is said to be determined to protect the 80 year old president from taking yet another spill in public which could hurt his electability after a recent poll showed that three quarters of Americans consider him too old to serve a second term in office. Since uh, November, 2021, like almost two years, he's been meeting with a physical therapist named Drew Contreras to perform exercises meant to improve his balance. I don't think, I don't think it's working, Drew. I mean, you might be doing your best, but it ain't working And they say he's uh, working on his walking as he uh, balances himself. He's working on walking. That's the state of the nation. The most important person in the world right now, the leader of the free world, a guy who is uh, barely lucid, is going to start wearing sneakers and walking up shorter steps and working hard on his walking. By the way, I don't think he can work any harder or concentrate any harder on walking than he already does. As you see, anytime he walks across the the lawn, gets out of Marine One, walks across the lawn, he is working so hard to just put one step in front of the other. You have, there are surgeons, brain surgeons, who don't concentrate on surgery as hard as Joe Biden concentrates on walking (laughs) without falling, without stumbling. But this is just like, dementia. There's one thing we know about the physical state and the mental state of the president is, is that it is not going to improve. It just, that's not how it works. You don't get to be 81, 82, 83, and suddenly your balance is better or your memory is better or your ability to articulate is better. Everything you see, and we'll get to it. (laughs) There are some good ones today. Everything you see and hear from the feeble old man in the white house is going to get worse. That's the biggest problem the Democrats have today. That's the biggest problem the Biden team has today. They got lots of problems. They got credible allegations of bribery. They got an impeachment inquiry. But their biggest problem is he's not going to get better. And it doesn't matter what kind of sneakers he wears or how short the steps are. You're still going to have moments like yesterday where you ask an 80-year-old guy just who was out to lunch to uh, honor a hip hop legend because it's, I guess the 50th anniversary of hip hop. I'm sorry. If you're Joe Biden, 
you don't have to do this. I mean, you don't have to do honor everybody. I realize he spends most of his day pandering to minority communities and, and, and pretending that he's been fighting for civil rights his whole life. We know that's a lie. We know he's got a history of racism. We know he told, he told Charlemagne the God, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. We know he was afraid when his kids were younger that if they went to integrated schools, they would be in a jungle. That's what he said. We know he was good friends, and we know his mentor was the Grand Kleagle of the Ku Klux Klan. By the way, Robert Byrd started the Ku Klux Klan in West Virginia. He was a recruiter. He started the chapter in his home state, and Joe Biden considers him a mentor. If you're Joe Biden, you just say, I'm not going to do the hip hop thing. It's just not my domain. I, I, I'll do something else. I'll, I'll name another judge, appoint another judge or another cabinet member from a minority community and say, look at me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm celebrating diversity. I don't know why you feel like you have to celebrate 50 years of hip hop and why his staff would even accept this, this, this challenge and type these words, these names into the teleprompter. Who thought this was going to go well? Maybe they just thought it's simple enough. LL, two letters, and then cool, pretty easy word. And then another letter, J. That's not that difficult. I mean, there's other hip hop names I think would be a little more challenging. I guess they gave him too, too much credit. They thought he would be able to handle it. And they didn't expect him to follow it up with a blatant racial slur. But this is where we are in the United States of America, the leader, our leader, our commander in chief can't handle a shout out to a hip hop legend without stumbling over it and adding a racial slur. Let's watch. The two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that boy's got, he got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's spent. And MC Light, both of you, thank you. Because they both have the right off. First of all, he's just the- staring at the teleprompter. He can't read the words, the letters LL Cool J. Secondly, he's used that line before. Anytime he's around a big black guy, it's like, oh, his, his arms are bigger than my thighs. Well, most people's arms, I mean, are bigger than your thighs. Taylor Swift's arms are bigger than your thighs. Secondly, he caught, he caught himself. He said, boy. And then he caught himself and said, man, I'm not going to say that's the worst racial slur I've ever heard. But if, I don't know, Donald Trump or, or uh, you know, Elon Musk or Tucker Carlson had said that, you can bet they'd be screaming about it. Joy Reid would be leading with it tonight on uh, MSNBC. But uh, that's... That's where we are. Joe Biden is now, I think, on his way to Michigan to pander to the greedy auto workers who aren't just demanding a 50% raise. They're demanding a four-day work week. And they're going to, it's going to be a, a lukewarm reception because everyone knows Biden is forcing this transition to electric vehicles, uh, many of which aren't made by union workers and people don't want them. And it's a real burden on the auto industry. It's not helping anybody. And Donald Trump is heading to Michigan, apparently, as well, to meet with the union workers. I'm going to guess most of the the union bosses support Biden and most of the union workers support Trump. So it's an interesting dynamic. 
Neither of them are going where they should. Neither of them will be seen in Eagle Pass, Texas, where we are currently being invaded. Uh, two days ago, I believe there were 11,000 illegal aliens crossed the border. One of the worst days ever, maybe the worst day ever at the border. There was another drowning. You know who's going to Eagle Pass? Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk, the real leader of the free world, is heading there. He's been tweeting about it, Xing about it, talking about it. As, and I don't understand why the Republicans aren't t- taking their cue from him and doing the same thing. The, the debate tomorrow in California, tomorrow night at the Reagan Library, I'll be watching. There's no Trump, but I'll be curious to see uh, DeSantis and Vivek mix it up and see who wins. Am I, I'm, you know, I'll watch. It'd be better with Trump. Trump should be there. He's going to go and try and steal some thunder by going to Michigan. It's not going to work. Last debate, he did the sit down with Tucker. That was a real uh, counter programming move. That that was that worked. People watched Tucker. Many people ignored the debate. The numbers were similar. I believe the debate got 12.8 million. Tucker Trump got like 15 million. This time, if he's just meeting with auto workers, it's not going to steal any thunder at all. But this debate should be in Eagle Pass, Texas. They should have called there, changed plans, gone to some Legion post or some Elks club or some high school gym, held a debate there. For some reason, they're not doing it. They, they should do everything there. They can't pay all the, all the Republicans should be in Texas or Arizona at the border, showing the invasion facilitated by Joe Biden with the express goal of destroying the country as you know it. That's the goal. That's the kind of criminal. That's the kind of traitor we have in the White House. There's no other explanation. I've been watching the coverage of the disaster at the border nonstop for days. There's nobody who gets on there, no Democrat, no liberal, no media member who gets on there and makes a case like a a logical, understandable case of why this is a good thing, why we should allow (laughs) millions, five million now, soon to be seven, eight, 10 million illegal aliens to invade this country. Other than Louis C.K., I haven't heard anybody make sense of this. I guess you can ignore it if you want. It gets harder and harder by the day. They just, um, uh, breaking news about uh, New York City. Check this out. Um, New York City is gearing up to pay over $1 million on just hotels. I'm sorry, $1 billion on just hotels. We're going to get to the train in a second. It's, it's there's some incredible video coming. If you look at the right places, if you're watching Newsmax or Fox News, you'll see some incredible video. If you're watching NBC or CBS, CNN, you'll see none of it. $1 billion on just hotels for the next three years for illegal immigrants. Uh, that is incredible. One billion on just hotels, and they're never going to leave the hotels. They're never going. They don't. And you know what else it's doing? It's attracting more people. Amazing how that works. When when Joe Biden says they're going to get permits, work permits for a half a million Venezuelans, that means more Venezuelans are going to come here, thinking it, that's the place to be. You get a job, you get a hotel room, you get three meals a day, you get a phone, you get health care, your kids go to school. And it's not going to stop, at least not for the next 15, 16 months. Here's the latest. This video of this train, they're not just they're not just walking, you know, the Darien Pass. They're not walking here from 
from from Venezuela. They are taking a train. They're not. It's not a passenger train. This is. They're sitting on top of the train cars. Train cars that are filled with whatever gas, oil, wheat. I'm not sure what's in the train. Coal. But the illegal aliens are on top of the train, and if you're watching along, you will see pretty clearly they're waving the Venezuelan flag. Now, uh, I did say that nobody can make any sense of this, but when you hear radical left-wingers, I mean, people like Biden bent on destroying America, people like AOC and Ayanna Presley, when you hear squad members, they say they're just refugees suffering from oppression at home looking for a better life. That's the, they're asylum seekers. Why are you seeking asylum? There's a number of reasons. Most of them are illegitimate, but you're being oppressed. The country is war-torn. There's not enough food. You're an oppressed minority. You're leaving that country, which is oppressing you, which is, which is in really bad shape. You come to this country, and one of the things you pack in your backpack as you make this dangerous trek 2,000 miles through Central America, one of the things is a really big, clean Venezuelan flag. How is that not, how does that not defeat your very purpose that you're oppressed, you're escaping oppression and you, a, a, a dictator, you're escaping poverty, starvation, hunger, you come to this country and you don't wave an American flag. You wave a Venezuelan flag. Here's what they did yesterday uh, near Eagle Pass. This is a little island in the Rio Grande. I guess they're, they're all hanging on the island waiting for, I don't know what, the best time to walk across the river. And they stick in the ground a huge Venezuelan flag. And it's flying. These are proud Venezuelans who know a good opportunity when they see one to come here and let Uncle Sap give them, hand them everything. Here's what I can't believe as the, the video keep playing. This, this shocked me. The border patrol agents pull up in their boat and take the flag down. Has the Biden administration fired these guys yet? Have they lied about them the way they lied about the guys whipping the Haitians? By the way, they've never apologized. Never apologize to those guys who are doing their job. The Border Patrol agents must hate, hate Biden and Harris and the rest of the open border Democrats more than anybody in the world. There it is. They took the flag down. Good for the Border Patrol. I saw the guy getting interviewed and he in his uniform and everything just said, uh, yeah, you can't do that. And we don't allow that. You don't be declaring this Venezuelan land after you leave your country looking for asylum refuse in our country. Just incredible. The point we're at in this country where they're bringing their flags, planting their flags, and we turn around and give them, hand them hotel rooms and money. It's absolute madness. It should be all they talk about tomorrow night. It should be all Trump talks about, whether it's in Michigan or wherever he is. Of course, that's not the case. It's Donald Trump. He has no discipline. He can't stay on message. He's busy truthing at 1.37 in the morning about Howard Stern, <laughs> what, a, what a loser Howard Stern is, or he's busy pretending to buy a gun. I kind of like this move yesterday. If you missed it, Donald Trump was in South Carolina. He went in a gun shop and there was a gun, a Glock. 
that had his image on it. And he said, I want to buy that. Now that's all it took. One of his, one of the Trump people tweeted that Trump's buying a Glock, which immediately set the uh, media. They started going nuts saying that's illegal. Uh, he's an indicted felon, uh, you know, possible felon. I don't know what it is a violation of his, it, it would be illegal if he did it. Um, tough break, uh, Daily Beast. Uh, I'm reading from the Daily Beast right now. It said, in a PR stunt gone terribly wrong, Donald Trump went gun shopping with Marjorie Taylor Greene and asked to buy a Glock pistol on camera, which would have brazenly violated the very same law that recently landed Hunter Biden criminal charges. Federal law prohibits anyone under indictment from attempting to buy a firearm. Trump has been criminally indicted four times in many jurisdictions facing dozens of charges that could put him in jail. I want to buy one, he told the gun owner after he looked at the uh, the firearm. He said, sir, if you want one, this one is yours, the guy, the gun store owner said. Uh, and Trump responded, no, I want to buy one. It only added to the fiasco uh, in, uh, in South Carolina. Of course, he didn't buy one. These people went nuts claiming he uh, broke the law. Every, all the usual suspects on the left were tweeting about it. He held it up. He took pictures with the pistol, but he didn't actually buy one. So I don't think he's in trouble. Uh, that's just one thing that set them off. Trump is just, I mean, every day driving the media insane. We'll get to the Steve Schmidt sound, which is incredible. But Trump also, true social. And again, I've been saying about his tweets for years now. They, they're, they're not good. They're not good. I mean, sometimes he... He nails one, but they're, they're clearly by him often in a rage, you know, like a, you're not, he doesn't drunk tweet. He rage tweets. And he had a couple, the last couple of days that set off again, all the usual suspects and the Joe Scarbros and the Jake Tappers. He, they, they, uh, true social about uh, Mark Milley, who's retiring at the end of this week, who's an absolute disgrace to this country, who is, who did, admit to considering committing treason. He said that if Trump, he would warn the Chinese if Trump were ever going to attack, he would warn the enemy. And he said, oh yeah, that's no one. So the media loves him because he hates Trump and he's, he's turned the, uh, the military, uh, he's installed all the, implemented all these woke policies. He's destroyed uh, uh, recruiting. It's record low levels of recruiting for every branch. He, he, uh, lost the war to Afghanistan, and now he's going to retire. And everyone in the media is going to cheer and applaud that fat slob. But uh, so he pointed out what a, what a disloyal guy uh, uh, Millie was or is, and they, they killed him for that. But my favorite is he wants to investigate NBC. <laughs> I saw this one and I said, they are going to lose it over this one, man. Trump, uh, I don't know. Do you, does he imply? What does he do here? He says, um, yeah, let me yeah, post. I, I get that. I got to hear the whole big long one. He writes, uh, oh, this was after he sat down with Meet the Press. Of course, he can't help himself. He goes on with these uh, and pointed out their one-sided coverage. You refer to it as MSDNC. He said their endless coverage of the now fully debunked scam known as Russia, 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 and much else is one big campaign contribution to the radical left Democrat party. I say upfront, openly and proudly 
that when I win the presidency of the United States, they and others in the lamestream media, oh, I hate that, will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things, and events. Why should NBC or any other of the corrupt and dishonest media companies be entitled to use the very valuable airwaves of the USA for free? They are a true threat to democracy and are, in fact, the enemy of the people. The fake news media should pay a big price for what they have done to this once great country. Now, this set them off, of course. They don't think, you know, they they don't think this would be, be appropriate for them to be investigated. Um, but uh, they, of course, go to uh, take it to a whole new level. They just can't, they can't discuss Trump without losing their minds. That's the beauty of it. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy watching the media lose their mind. They can't talk about it. They can't think about the possibility of Trump returning to the White House. It drives them completely bonkers, which is a wonderful thing. I mean, I'm a DeSantis guy. I like Vivek. Trump has one great appeal to me, is what his enemies, our enemies, the enemies of the people, the mainstream media, the, the Democrats, what they will do. Uh, if he wins, of course, they'll do everything to do to stop him from winning. They'll put him, try to put him in prison. They'll ballast harvest and they'll hide the, they'll hide the bumbling fool in the white house again and, and, and do their best to early, get all the early voting, get all the dead people voting. They'll do whatever they can. As Joe Biden said, whatever it takes to stop him from returning to power. But uh, this is MSNBC. This is Joy Reid. We know she's nuts, but I mean, talk about unhinged. She has Steve Schmidt, former Republican, just a complete lunatic, a Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Project guy. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't make an appearance without going off the rails, doesn't ever have a reasonable, rational conversation. Just he looks at Trump and he thinks Hitler and he's he embodies the the position that Trump is evil. And whatever it takes to stop evil is okay. Whatever it takes to stop Hitler is okay. You don't fight fair. You don't follow the rules. You do what you have to, to destroy Hitler. If Trump were to be someone to take a shot at Trump today, this guy would be the first one to step in it. He would tweet something, text something, say something uh, where he supported, he was happy or was, was glad that Trump were shot. He would do that. I guarantee if it happens, if Trump had a heart attack today, this guy would go on TV and he would say, good, great. And that would be huge news. Listen to what he says yesterday. Again, talking about Trump and that truth saying that NBC and the lamestream media should be investigated. I don't even know who he proposes investigates them. The FCC? I mean, I don't think, I guess. I don't know who's going to investigate. Nobody hates the media for good reason. They hate him. Now let's listen to Steve Schmidt, political analyst, talk really in reasonable, rational way about Trump. Go ahead. The people who are trying to tear down democracy in the country keep telling the rest of the country what it is they plan to do to such a degree that they have announced their plans six months into 2025, to have taken apart the whole of the federal government. Now, since FDR's time in office, the legislative metric in the United States has been 
100 days, not six months. This is a racist code whistle to every white supremacist in the country because it's how long it took Adolf Hitler to take Weimar Germany to a complete and total dictatorship. That included, by the way, the military swearing an oath of allegiance, not to the nation, but to the Fuhrer. And the military was the institution amongst many in Germany that were the last holdouts to this. But once he was in power, they were the first to submit. And what Donald Trump is signaling to the officer corps of the American military, you get in line behind me, the leader, not the idea, not the Constitution, or I'm coming for you, too. This is an epically dangerous moment. Oh, I'll miss uh, Trump when he's gone again. If it's President DeSantis, I don't know what this guy's going to do. He used to be Republican. Now he's a completely insane lunatic on the left saying it's the, when Trump says he's going to reform the federal government in six months and not 100 days, like six months is more than 100 days. That's a racist dog whistle to white supremacists because that's how long it took Hitler. That's not true, by the way. There's been a few fact checks on that claim, and it's not true. Secondly, how, how do you say that without feeling like a complete lunatic? Joy Reid, I think, is a little shocked. She's looking at him, and she is the craziest lunatic on the, on the air, on, on TV. And she's looking at him, and he's like, it's a dog dog whistle to home. The, the boogeyman, the made-up white supremacists, that's what you get. If you watch NBC or as Donald Trump calls it, MSDNC and the lamestream media, that's what you get. You know what? He should be investigated because this guy is insane. He should be. They should try to find out if Steve Schmidt has you know any guns or any kids in, in his basement or something, because that guy is completely out of his mind. And they present him as a reasonable, legitimate, credible political analyst. But I t- will. Uh, you know what? There'll be another one tomorrow. There'll be another gaffe from Biden. There'll be another MSNBC analyst going off the rails. That's what happens. That's the state we are in this country. Right, we got lots to get to on this Tuesday. Uh, I do want to get to the uh, the Menendez. Menendez at a press conference. That's the difference in Menendez and Hunter. Hunter, not the smartest man in the world, despite what Joe says, but he's smart enough not to go before the cameras and try to explain all the evidence, explain away all the evidence. But this guy, this guy is such an arrogant punk, uh, Bob Menendez. He is guilty as hell. And he made matters worse yesterday with his uh, press conference. Didn't take any questions. So I don't know if it's a press conference with his speech he made yesterday. We'll play you some of that. And comedian Hassan Minaj. I didn't know much about Hassan Minaj. But uh, this I would call liberal privilege, probably liberal man of color privilege, because Hassan Minaj admitted to being the Jesse Smollett of comedy. And there's people writing about it and talk about it, but he'll lose nothing. He won't lose a job. He won't lose a gig. He won't lose a penny. But what he did is is just so incredibly <laughs> wrong. It really is. He is a liar and a fraud. We will explain that and uh, lots more. But first. Excuse me. Today's show is sponsored by Nutrisense. 
You hear that? That was the sound of the NutriSense Biosensor. It's a small device that you put on the back of your arm that then provides real-time feedback on how your body responds to the foods that you're eating, your exercise, stress, even your sleep. With NutriSense, you just take a photo of your meal, adjust for portion size, and NutriSense does the rest. NutriSense helps you track your data, see your glucose trends, and understand your macronutrient breakdown for each meal. You also get an overall glucose score for each meal based on your body's response. You'll be matched with a board-certified nutritionist who will review your data and answer all your questions. Plus, they can help you with a personalized nutrition plan so that you can achieve your goals. You should try NutriSense today. It will open your eyes in profound ways to how your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices are affecting you. What's more, it empowers you with a real-time feedback loop showing the consequences of your food and lifestyle choices. You can get all that today. NutriSense has a special offer for our listeners. Visit NutriSense.com slash Callahan and use code word Callahan to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Be sure to tell them you learned about NutriSense on the Callahan Show. That's NutriSense.com slash Callahan to save $30 off your first month, plus get a month of board-certified nutritionist support. All right, before we get to Hassan Minaj, uh, Ironhead's going to participate in this because he's a comedy authority. And uh, yes. although you failed, you can't find any of his uh, stand-up. Huh? They're burying it. They're taking it down. They're... It was, uh, it, was, it was too good. It was too good. People couldn't hear it. It was too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I'll just say it. If this were, if this were some prom, this were prominent white hell, if it were Dave Chappelle, if it were just someone not on the left, there'd be, it'd be huge news and he'd be losing gigs and he'd be losing uh, TV appearances. Uh, but Hassan Minaj, and it's, it's uh, we'll get to it. I want to do Menendez first. Uh, Menendez, some against the advice of his attorney. I'm just going to guess against the advice of his attorney did a press conference. And I watched it because I always wonder like when they have this much evidence against you, I mean, I've seen plenty of, I mean, hell <laughs> oftentimes you see this much evidence in this day and age because there's just so much electronic digital evidence of, of wire transfers of bank of, of shell companies of, aliases of encrypted messages of text messages. There's a mountain of evidence against Joe Biden and there's a mountain of evidence against, against this scumbag. And you know why he is the worst for a couple reasons. As you, in case you didn't know, oh, he's a Democrat from New Jersey, 69 years old. He's a Senator who's been through this before he beat the rap, whatever it was, seven, eight years ago. Uh, it was a hung jury for some reason. They didn't pursue charges. Trump ended up joking about it and congratulating him that he beat the rap. Uh, but he was guilty as hell then. He's guilty as hell now. He did the bidding of Egypt. He protected some other uh, local businessmen in New Jersey, and he did it for cash and gold and cars. That's the kind of corrupt piece of garbage he is. But he could have retired from the Senate, people do it all the time. They quit and they become lobbyists and they give speeches and they make appearances and they try to use their clout that they had in Washington and they make millions. I've seen it million, many times. Guys who retire from the Senate, they stay in Washington and they just cash in. They get rich. But he didn't want to give up the seat and he didn't want to give up the money, so he just kept doing it. He's Not only is he a liar, a criminal, a, a corrupt guy. 
he is just greedy to the point where he didn't want to give up a Senate salary, didn't want to give up his his power, his clout, his celebrity. So he said, to hell with it. I'll just take money and I'll stay in the job. And this is was a really easy case for the Department of Justice. Uh, just to recap, we talked about it yesterday. They found 480000 in cash in envelopes in his closet stuffed in the pockets of the of his clothing clothing they also found 70,000 in cash in his wife Nadine who's also been indicted uh in his wife's de- safe deposit box so that's 560,000 uh, 550,000 dollars in cash you're saying wow that's pretty simple that is pretty strong evidence that you have half more than half a million in cash on a senator's salary stuffed in your closet. By the way, they have the fingerprints on it from the guy who made the payoff. But he thinks he, he's so arrogant. He thinks he can go before the media and explain it. And he tried. And of course, he blamed it on prejudice against Latinos. <laughs> of course, a guy who's lived his whole life. He's an American. He didn't come here from somewhere else. His parents came here in 1953. And he thinks that there's somehow someone's discriminating against Hispanics. It's Once they play that card, you know, it's over. But let's listen to him. And again, this is why Hunter hasn't said anything. This is why most criminal defendants don't go before the media the next day and try to explain away the evidence, particularly when it's this strong. But listen to him explain why he had all that cash lying around. Go ahead. Third, for 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Now this may seem old fashioned, but these were monies drawn from my <laughs> personal savings account based on the income that I have lawfully derived over those 30 years. I look forward to addressing other issues at trial. Old yeah, fashioned. Walks away without taking a question. If someone yelled out, where'd you get the gold bars? <laughs> so he wants you to think it's old fashioned to have a half a million in cash in your closet, old fashioned. I mean, you wouldn't want to put it in one of those unsafe banks or uh, 480,000 was not in the safe deposit box. So you have almost a half a million lying around your house in your closet. And he did it because he's old and he's uh, Cuban. That is so bad. If his lawyer is sitting there watching that, you say, wait a second. If you're the, the FBI or the DOJ or the investigators, you say, okay, you know, sounds reasonable. Just give me the bank records. Right. Let me see. Banks tend to keep track of things like withdrawals and deposits. Could you show us where he withdrew a half a million in cash? Show, us, he, on, yeah. show us on the doll where he withdrew the money. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's pretty easy to do, right? Prove it. Okay, here's my bank records for the last 20 years, 30 years. Here's all these uh, withdrawals, 500 at a time. I got a friend who does the same thing, leaves a lot of cash in a safe in his house. He's just, he likes dealing in cash. Uh, got a little trouble for it once upon a time. But he says he takes, like every month or every few weeks, takes some cash, puts it in the box, and, you know, for whatever. Makes him feel good, makes him feel safe. Doesn't have to worry about, you know, the stock market blowing up and, and losing money or whatever. Crashing, he'll have all that cash. There are people who do that. But a half a million for a guy that's made 200 or less for 30 years, it's just an obvious blatant lie. 
He didn't improve. When you say that, look in the cameras and say that and say, I'm old fashioned. You, to me, incriminate yourself. That, that proved it. I mean, I had no doubt he's a crook, but doesn't that prove it? That's not believable. That's not credible. No one believes he took money out of the bank and put it in his sock draw because he's Cuban. <laughs> just so lame. I, I mean, I feel like sometimes these people just insult us. And maybe it's because he's a corrupt Democrat and he keeps getting elected and thinks everybody in the country is as dumb as the New Jersey voters, which is understandable. If you're getting elected and you're as corrupt as this guy or you're as is like you're like AOC. AOC has no respect for her constituents because they vote for her. She knows she knows they're just a bunch of dummies who go in there and check D. Um, but you hear these people sometimes and you say, do they really think we're buying it? Do we really think we're believing it? I want to play this clip because from uh, James Clyburn, it, it, no one in the country is more responsible for the disaster that is Joe Biden than James Clyburn. Let's review. Biden lost Iowa. I think he finished fourth. Then he lost New Hampshire. I believe he finished fifth. He was almost out of the race. Then they go to South Carolina and James Clyburn rallies the troops, gets somehow convinces black voters in South Carolina. There's not that many in New Hampshire or or Iowa. They have to vote for Joe Biden. And it worked. They weren't going to vote for Pete Buttigieg because Black voters, particularly male black voters, have a problem with a guy like Pete Buttigieg. So they knew Buttigieg wasn't going to win. And they knew how bad lame the field was, Liz Warren. Um, so they knew if Biden could get the black vote in South Carolina and win, and then the party, the powers that be, would force all the other people to bow out, then they could marshal the forces around Biden. So it is this guy's fault more than anyone that we are now suffering through this disastrous Biden administration. But he's asked uh, on uh, Sunday's show, did the rounds on the Sunday shows, about all Biden's crimes, which are as obvious as Menendez's. We know that. We know nine Biden family members took millions from China and Ukraine and Romania, and we know how that works. He, he Hunter Biden was the point man. Hunter Biden was a drug addict, probably still is. Hunter Biden was an alcoholic. He was a sex fiend. He was an absolute mess. Joe Biden didn't care. There was money to be made. There was influence to be sold. He put Hunter Biden in the front of that operation. He was the point man, the front man, the bag man for the scheme that would enrich Joe Biden. You could say what you want about Joe Biden, but you cannot call him a good father. He is a terrible father, a terrible grandfather. He's implicated his whole family in this scheme because he's so damn greedy. He wants mansions, as we've talked about before. He wears $5,000 suits and $50,000 watches and wanted to be the patriarch of this family dynasty. And it was up to the crackhead to go out there and get the deals done. That's what you do. With a child who has a drug problem, you put him in the front, you send him to China, you send him all around the world to bring back millions. You think that's, you know, the recommended step uh, toward recovery for an adult cokehead? I don't think so. I don't think any good parent would want their child to do that if they were in the throes of addiction. 
but they're really going with this lame excuse. And I find it so insulting. Like, Oh, he's guilty. We talked about, uh, Claire, what's her face from Missouri saying, uh, yeah, he just loved his son. That's all. He's guilty of loving his son. Listen to Clyburn. It's the same thing. They have to drop this. It's just so lame. Go ahead. Yeah, President Biden, according to one witness testimony, was on the phone 20 times with Hunter Biden's business associates. It was described as pleasantries, but is that appropriate? Well, his associates said they were pleasantries, but I think it's appropriate to be a father to your son. And if your son uh, is having a problem, and we all know the history of the problem uh, that Hunter has with addiction, and he is being a father to his son, you don't impeach a man for being a father to his children. Oh, God, that, that, that is just sick. You are really, that's, that's what they're going to go with. Impeach a man to be a father to his children. He's worse. If Joe Biden were just a crook like Menendez taking bribes, he implicated his children and his grandchildren. Uh, he brought them into this scheme. And I'm not sure what we're, what we're waiting for. I don't know why Hunter Biden hasn't been subpoenaed. I don't know why the grandchildren, they're grown up. Haven't been subpoenaed. They should all be subpoenaed. They all should have to go before James Comer's committee and run that by him. Say, yeah, he's just guilty of being a father, a bad father, a really, really bad father. He's right about that. All right, we got to get to uh, Hassan Minaj, the Jussie Smollett of comedy. Let me do Shay, and then we'll tell you about the many lies of uh, of the. Comedian? Is that what we're calling him? Comic? I Comedian? Guess. Host? I, I guess so. <laughs> he's he's terrible. He's terrible. We'll explain. But first. Excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. And while you're there, you can look for a job. Shea Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll call him what uh, what's Wikipedia calls him. American comedian and writer, producer, political commentator, actor, and television host. Minaj is of Indian descent, and much of his comedy involves Indian culture and the modern American political landscape. Uh, anything else? Six, he's six feet tall. He has parents. He has one sibling. He went to the University of California at Davis. He's from Davis, California. He's 38 years old. I didn't know much about him. And I see this story. I heard this story. And I got interested because um, this is what you would call liberal privilege. Uh, if he were, again, not even a you know, right winger. If he were some crazy right winger. But if he were Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr, he'd be in trouble. 
but for some reason he's going to survive this. Netflix is going to protect him. He's going to keep making money and lots of it. But the issue is how much can a comedian lie? Or as they like to say, embellish. They all embellish. We know that every comedian, every time you hear a guy do a routine, you know, he'll make some stuff up. He'll exaggerate some things. It's part of the, part of the deal. Uh, Lenny Clark, my friend, the great Lenny Clark uh, tells a joke every time I've seen it a hundred times where he says he had uh, sex with a man because he really needed a ride to the Cape. And then everyone laughs and everyone laughs and he goes, well, uh, I, I didn't really need the ride. I don't think Lenny did have sex with a man on the way to the Cape. I think that was a joke. So obviously comedians use fiction. They embellish and they probably all do it. Uh, I think we could all agree that every great standup that it's not all 100% true when they do a routine. It's what this guy lies about. that's so offensive. It's what he lies about. That's wrong. If you haven't seen it, he does a whole long riff about opening up an envelope with anthrax and spilling it on his young daughter. who's a toddler in a stroller, mm -hmm. like on her rushing to the hospital and hoping she'd be okay and worrying and wondering who would send that anthrax. So there's a big, uh, New Yorker does a big feature. They fact check it. There's no, no visit to the hospital. No, there's no report of any anthrax attack. He totally made it up. And to put it, to try to put it in context, he doesn't look for laughs, you know, at least not to the end of a long story. It's to make a point that he is uh, a target, that there's this real racism or anti-Indian sentiment out there, and he's been a victim. He made up another story. I couldn't believe this one either, that the FBI infiltrated his mosque in California. Does that sound like a joke? That sounds like a guy looking to cash in on his minority status and lying about racism. That's not, that's not funny. That's not just a device to get a laugh. That's just a, a flat out lie. And when you say that, when you do that, someone else is to blame. There is another person there who becomes the victim. The FBI, I have no sympathy for the FBI, but they didn't infiltrate his mosque. It's a lie. They fact check it. His daughter didn't get anthrax on her. He claimed his prom date in high school blew him off because her parents were racist. And the New Yorker reaches out to their credit. It was a New Yorker, correct, who did this big piece, I believe. I just read a whole bunch of stories on this. Yeah, them or the New York Times, let me check. It's the New Yorker, I think. And so they go, they find the prom date. And it was a total lie. She never agreed to go to the prom with him. She went with someone else and her parents aren't racist. So he's lying about the girl. She claims she got death threats. Her family got threatened. So there's a real person here. Hell, there's a real person in all his stories. And he lies about them for a laugh. And then his defenders say, oh, it's just what comedians do. No, they, I'm sorry. That's not what comedians, that's what Jesse Smollett does. You are fanning the flames of, of racism. Uh, you're, you're embellishing stories about racism and violence and the FBI and, and terrorism, and you're making it all up. And you know what? There's no sense. If you watch this, hear this, that he's making it up. You know, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I knew Lenny Clark was making it up when he had sex with the guy, you know, who picked him up to, for a ride down the cave. I knew that was made up. When you watch this, 
Did you think any of those stories that I just mentioned were made up? Uh, yes. I mean, there's no way they were true. Is well, I don't mean, but he doesn't present them as just comical satire. No, no, he he presents them as serious as anything I've ever heard. And that anthrax story is insane. The whole thing he talks about, he's like, uh, I'm a marked man because, uh, you know, I can say whatever I want on stage, but it, it affects my family. So I opened up with my, what I thought was fan mail and this white powder fell on my daughter. Right. And like the and whole crowd, crazy. the whole crowd is so quiet. In that, like, that, that you don't make a story up about someone trying to no. kill you and your daughter. Yeah. Uh, and, and you don't explain it away by saying, that's ah, just comedy in his special on Netflix. He displayed footage of the alleged FBI informant. Uh, his name is Craig Monteith, who allegedly uh, infiltrated uh, the mosque. Uh, Mon Montiel Montiel told the New Yorker he never had anything to do with Menage's mosque, never worked in the Sacramento area, and that he had no idea why Menage did that to him. So he shows a picture of alleged FBI informant who infiltrated the mosque completely made up. Um, and here's his, here's his excuse. This is incredible. He says he combined the story of Montiel with a real experience he had getting pushed by an older man during a basketball game as a kid. Quote, the punchline is worth the fictionalized premise. I'm sorry. This guy should be excommunicated from the uh, comedy community. You don't make stuff up like this. By the way, he's not looking for a laugh. He's looking for no. drama. Do you, he's looking for emotion from the crowd. I saw the routine with the anthrax and there's real deliberate pauses and breaths. And the crowd is gripped by this story of his, his daughter almost dying and credit to the New Yorker. I mean, it's a big liberal far left outfit, but they fact check here, Jussie Minaj and he just lies about everything and he won't lose a gig. I, I don't think, I mean, he, maybe in the comedy community, they'll think less of him, but I'm sure none of his uh, gigs are canceled or his Netflix specials are canceled. They, this shit, I, hell, do you even read Jesse Smollett only went away for six days. Right. So none of these people pay a price. They're trying to stoke the flames of, of racism, maybe have some, real tension, real anger and the, and, 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 you know, uh, embellish, exaggerate the, the level of, of racism. Again, there's not enough racism to meet the demand because clowns like this have to make it up. Do you recall the payoff for that anthrax story? Uh, I do not. He, he's talking and everyone's serious and you're like, all right, well, I'm expecting to hear a punchline. And all of a sudden he starts pretending to be his wife being like, I know you're on, uh, like Times Magazine's like top 100 comedians. I don't care what you what you say doesn't have consequences for you on stage. It has consequences for us. And I can't put I can't put your children in in uh, in danger. And he only had one kid, and that's how he found out his wife was pregnant. Like oh, it was just a pile there's, of shit. It was awful. There's no humor there None. either. So you don't think he's just looking for a laugh? He's looking for sympathy. He wants to be the victim. Hell, it's working. He's made a fortune. Uh, as Paul points out in the comment line, Netflix will continue to pay him, promote him. They won't show Sound of Freedom, which is a movie exposing 
real child sex trafficking and heroes, one hero in particular who saves children. And again, I don't, I'll say it again. I really don't understand this attitude, this refusal to see the movie, to show the movie, to celebrate the movie. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's got everything to do about this, with this evil, evil underbelly of, of sex trafficking, how it works, how, how it can be stopped. It, it, and, and they won't show that, but they'll show this, this liar and this fraud and this Jesse Smollett who wants you to think his mm-hmm. life has been so hard. His prom date wouldn't accept, wouldn't go to the prom with him because, because his, her parents were racist. They find the girl. She says it's all a lie. He's lying. She should sue his ass. She mm-hmm. says she's getting harassed, death threats. If those are real. She should sue his ass. Um, I have uh, a little bit of a different bit if you want to hear it. Um, so what this one is, is uh, he's with his dad at his house and he gets a call from a random guy who calls him two Middle Eastern slurs. And then uh, this is where it picks up if you want to take a little little taste right. of what he's like. Let's hear him. This is uh, Jesse Minaj. Go ahead. He's just like, <laughs> hey, you can hear me, right? 263 in Regatta Lane. That's where you live, right? I'm going to fucking kill you click and my dad's looking at me you ever see your parents this is a comedy show see the mortality in them like i'm looking at my dad and i see all five seven of him and that's when i realized no i'm a dark book i'm a scaredy cat you know the way it is we can speak two languages we can speak at home and outside i should have said something i didn't we sit down i hear foom 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 outside me and dad, we run outside, and all the windows on the Camry are smashed in. I look in the back, and, and my backpack's open. I'm like, fuck, they stole my stuff. I reach in, I pull out my backpack. These pieces of glass get caught in my arm. And now all this blood is, like, gushing down the side of my arm. And I'm pissed. I'm just, like, fucking mad. Man, fuck this, man. Like, these kids, they know where we live. They're calling us. They're timing this in real time, so they're watching us. So I'm running up and down the cul-de-sac, looking in the trees, the bushes. I look back in the middle of the street. My dad's in the middle of the road, sweeping glass out of the road like he works at like a hate crime barbershop. He's like, we got customers. I don't, I don't get this. Jeez. It's not even close to a real story. It's just oh, garbage. It's, it's all made up. They, they went, they checked police reports, things like that. They did their, their, their diligence. The, uh, the New Yorker did. He's a liar. I mean, that's, he's looking for drama. He's got people feeling sorry for him. Oh, that's awful. They smashed your Camry. It never happened. He's a liar and a fraud. And how he's so dramatic about it. That's not the license comedians have to exaggerate, to embellish. That is a whole different thing. And I always say this, once you're caught lying, no one will ever believe you again. If you're a plagiarist, if you're like Joe Biden or Mike Barnacle or Doris Kearns Goodwin, I'm not sure how people ever read you again when they find out you're plagiarizing or you're just making stuff up. I mean, Jesse Smollett can never call the cops again and claim to be mugged. You know, it just doesn't work that way. This guy, Joe Biden, we know, I mean, no one ever believes you after you get caught. How do people go to a show of one of Hassan, uh, Hassan Minaj's shows and listen to one of these totally made up stories again? How does it work? I don't get it. I'll watch some of this stuff on Netflix, I guess, but just hearing him, knowing he made it all up, 
That changes everything. He was counting on people believing these lies and they did and he made money, but he can't do it again. They caught him. The New Yorker of all places caught him, embarrassed him, and he should just go away, become, I don't know, become a writer behind the scenes or something. But uh, I don't know how he can uh, stand up before a crowd and tell those stories ever again. But all right, we got to leave it there for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.